Good afternoon. I hope you had a good day today. What did you do this afternoon after dinner? Did you go take a nap? Did you go take care of responsibilities with kids? I don't know. Did you go do some chores? Did you get on the internet and plan a vacation? Did you think about Jesus? Did he cross your mind? We talked about that this morning, didn't we? About the importance of thinking about Jesus. Did he cross your mind today? I hope so. What we're going to talk about this afternoon is YOLO. Y'all know what YOLO is? Shake your head yes if you know what yellow is and no if you don't. Okay, we've got a pretty good division here. Everyone under 50 is going yes and everyone over 50 is <laughs> mostly. Yellow, it means you only live once. And it's an acronym that basically means listen. You get one shot at this life thing. And so while you're alive, you need to grab, as we would say back in my day, grab all the gusto you can and have as much fun as you can possibly have. Do everything you want to do. Get your bucket list checked off because you only live once. Don't let fear, don't be afraid to do what you want to do. Don't be afraid to do what you think is good to do. Don't be afraid to, like, Quit school and go backpack around Europe or something. You know, the world is a big and beautiful place, right? Life is short and the world is wide. Are there places you want to go? You got some plans? I had always wanted to go to Alaska. I thought, well, I don't know if I'll ever get to. And then Jordan and David moved to Alaska. So I get to go to Alaska. I took this picture while we were in Alaska. Isn't that beautiful? My Goodness, there's some beautiful places in this world. I've gotten, I've been really blessed to be able to travel to a lot of different places in this world, but you know what? There's a whole bunch of them I'd still like to see. Why not? YOLO. You only live once. I mean, shouldn't, if we can at all swing it, we could sell our house and go on the road and travel. Get us one of those RVs that people drive around, or maybe even not that, just ride the train or the bus and just travel all over the world. Wouldn't that be fun? Some said, well, you know, that's not really my thing. Have you ever gone really fast in a car or on a motorcycle? I mean, really fast? Now, I will admit sometimes... I drive a little faster than I ought to drive. I try not to. I try to obey the speed limit. But sometimes I don't pay close attention. And I got chided this morning a little bit for speeding today, which is fine. That's appropriate. But if you've really gone fast, that's fun. I'm telling you, it's exciting. You get the adrenaline flowing. And I mean, if you go 125, 130 miles an hour, the hair stands up on your legs and your neck. and you, yeah, I mean, it's exciting, right? I, why not? You only live once, right? You only young once. Might as well. You only live once. Do it. Have fun. 
It's exciting. This is the way YOLO is used. Go to the casino. Now that might be, are there close casinos down here where we live? Windstar's just across the border and it's real close. There are casinos around here where you can go gamble? No? Okay, go find you a back alley dice game then, right? Why not? Have fun. You only live once. I mean, you can go have a big time with your friends gambling and, and partying and having fun. You know people that like to do that, don't you? Like every weekend they want to go party and have fun. Why not? YOLO, you only live once. Maybe you'd like to smoke a little weed. You know, I hear that's going to be legal in Texas before terrible long. I don't know. Why not? You only live once. I mean, how can you criticize it if you've never done it, right? YOLO! Somebody says, not me. Well, maybe you're not going to do anything illegal, but there's this place that you can get as many of those patties and those cheese slices stacked up as you can pay for. It's called the Heart Attack Grill in Dallas. I've never been there, but I understand if you want 40 of them, they'll stack 40 of them together for you. I mean all the nasty you can eat. Wouldn't that be glorious? You live for good food? Why not? You might as well. You only live once. I mean, you're going to die anyway, right? So you might as well enjoy it while you're eating it. Life is too short to work at a job you don't want. You don't like your job? Quit! Just walk it. My son works at a, a gourmet burger shop in Norman, Oklahoma. And he told me the other day, Jacob's a manager, and he said one of their employees was chopping some potatoes, and Jacob walks by and he goes, hey, when I'm done chopping these potatoes, I quit. And he finished chopping the potatoes and walked out. Why not? I mean, why get stuck at a job you don't like? Why not just quit and go do what you want to do? YOLO, you only live once. Now, I've not seen her, but this lady that's on TV, she's got a TV show, you may know who she is. She teaches people to simplify their life. And she says, you walk around your house and you get everything you own, you hold it and you think, does this give me joy? And if it doesn't, get rid of it. Right? Get rid of all the people and things in your life that don't give you joy. Whoa, I'm pressing the wrong buttons there. Everything that doesn't give you joy and make you happy, get rid of it. You got people in your life that just bother you. <laughs> you just don't like being... Then don't ever be around them again. Why waste your life this way? This guy right here from Houston, Texas is going to tell you to live your best life now. I mean, do what you want to do and have your best joy now. May West. Now, that's going to go way back. Some of you know who I'm talking about. She was an actress and she was famous for saying, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. I mean, get to do every... It, now, is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with quitting a job you don't like? Is there anything wrong with just having fun in your life? Let me read you something Jesus said. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. 
Very strictly speaking, it is not true that you only live once. You're going to live again. You will live twice. You will live once here on this earth and you will die and after that you will face the judgment. And there will be a day when you will hear the voice of God and you will get up out of your grave to live again. And when you live again, it's going to be forever. And when you live again, it's either going to be in heaven or it's going to be in condemnation. But it is not true that you only live once. In fact, the Bible and the idea of YOLO are diametrically opposed. They're the exact opposites. It cannot be true. And because it's not true, the things that we do in this life, the Bible teaches us, affect what's going to happen in the next life. So living the way I want to live now because YOLO is not a biblical way to live. It's not a wise way to live. It's foolishness. You know, this isn't new. In the book of Haggai, we read that Haggai told his people, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I mean, there were people back in the days of Haggai who just wanted to live and not think about their life. You know what Solomon said? He said something used to puzzle me as a young man. He said, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. Now, in American terms, that's you'd be better off going to a funeral than a wedding. Would you rather go to a funeral or a wedding? Well, I'd rather go to a wedding, right? They're joyous occasions, right? Why would Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said you'd be better off going to a funeral than a wedding? Because, he said, a wise man will lay it to heart. You see, when you go to a funeral, especially if it's someone you love, someone you've spent time with, someone you cared about, and they're gone, you're going to think about yourself. You're going to think about the fact that you're going to die. Your mortality will matter to you at that moment. And you will realize that I need to be making some different decisions, some different choices in the life that I live and not just be yellowing my way through life. Paul said it this way, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He says, I want you to walk circumspectly. Do you know what that word means? Circum means around, like circumference. Okay, or like a circle. Circum. And speckly means looking. Like your specs. We call these spectacles, or used to years ago. Spectacles, glasses. Okay, you inspect. That means you look closely at something. So circumspectly means when you live your life, when you walk, you look around you very carefully and you pay attention and you be wise and you redeem the time. Redeem means you exchange your time for stuff that's really valuable. You redeem it. You exchange it for something of great value. Well, you're going to know what that is. You're not if you're just yodeling. But you will if you walk carefully and thoughtfully about the Word of God and the things that God says. 
I love this quote. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. If Jesus is the Son of God, and if the choices I make here in this life determine where I will spend eternity, then there's nothing more important than that. Nothing. If Jesus isn't the Son of God, and the choices I make here have no impact at all on me when I die, then it's of no importance, zero importance. What it can't be is just kind of important. Christianity can't be a part-time thing. There are no openings for part-time Christians. It's got to be an all-or-nothing thing. We don't have the option to say, well, yeah, I think Jesus is the Son of God, and I think, you know, that there's going to be a resurrection and all, but I think I can YOLO. I think I can live my life and just do whatever I want in my life because those two things are diametrically opposed. They're opposites. They're enemies, and they cannot be. So what does God require of you? Do you know what God requires of you? And I said, well, the Bible's full of lots of things. Yes, it is, but I'm going to talk about briefly about just a few things that the Bible requires of you and I. Number one, the Bible requires repentance of you. You know the, the big come-as-you-are movement in Christian, American Christianity? Come as you are. Wear your beer t-shirt and your shorts and come as you are. I mean, we just want you here. Come as you are. Is there anything wrong with come as you are? Do, do y'all sing the song, Just As I Am? Do we believe that? Can we come to Jesus just as we are? Yeah, we can. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. You can't stay as you are. You can come as you are, but you can't stay as you are if you're going to serve Jesus. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Repent means to change. And I'll tell you this, if you're the same person you would have been without Jesus, you didn't repent and you're not saved. There has to be a difference in your life. You have to be different than you would without Jesus. That's a non-optional part of Christianity. Repentance is required from everyone. If you aren't different, you didn't repent and will perish. You have to believe. If you believe not that I am He, you will die in your sins. We talked about this a little bit this morning. That's non-optional. No one is going to get to heaven who denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. No one's going to do that. And that's, that's not because I prefer it that way. I wouldn't prefer it that way. I think there are a lot of morally good, kind, decent people in a lot of ways that deny Jesus Christ as the Son of God. But Jesus, God says, you know what? If you stand before me and you don't believe in my Son, you're not going to stand before me as a generous, kind, giving person. You're going to stand before me as a Christ rejecter. Someone who's rejected my Son. And you can't reject the Son of God and His sacrifice and be right with the Father of the Son. 
It's a non-optional piece of Christianity. Okay, baptism. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I know in the religious world of America, baptism is optional. Okay? Baptism is something that would be good if you did it, but you don't have to. I know I taught at this private Christian school for several years, and they would rent a, the classrooms from a big church there in town. They rented the church building to have classes in. And so I saw the advertisements, and that church once a quarter would have baptism day, and you could come and be baptized. Sometimes they had it at, at uh, H2O, which is a water park, and everybody would go and swim and play, and, and they'd have baptisms there if you wanted to be baptized. But you didn't have to. It didn't, it didn't really matter. Did to Jesus. Did to the apostles. It's a non-optional thing. Because you see, your baptism is your birth into the kingdom of God. It's when you're born again. How could you refuse to be born into the family of God and expect to be accepted as part of God's family? If you refuse baptism, you're refusing to be a part of the family of God. That's a non-optional. Another thing is faithfulness. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. We've all known people who started and quit. Right? Jesus talked about the one who puts his hand to the plow and he looks back and he quits. And being a quitter is not acceptable to God. It doesn't matter that you started if you're going to quit. If you're going to quit, starting does nothing to... Uh, gain you a right standing with God. And there are three things about this that I want to talk about. What it means to be faithful. Number one is you place nothing ahead of Him. You don't put anything at all ahead of Jesus Christ. Look at this. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Do you love your family? Jonathan, do you love Caleb? Already? He's saying yes, in case you doubt it. That's right. If you love him more than Jesus, you're not worthy of Jesus. You have to love Jesus most. He's got to be the number one in your life. Listen, I know that's difficult. It's, if, you, if you love your spouse you really, really love them, it's hard to love Jesus more. But you have to. I love my wife. We've been married 33 years. It's a long time. Very short, honey. Very short. <laughs> Seems very short. I love her. I would die for her without a thought. She needs a kidney, she's got a kidney. If she needs my heart, she can have my heart. I'd give her anything she needs. But she's just a wife. She's not a savior. When I die, I hope she's sitting beside me holding my hand. That will be a successful life to me. But she won't cross the river with me. Only Jesus does that. Jesus has to be 
your number one. He's got to be. That's what faithfulness is. And it can't be a something's going to be more important than Jesus. Something's going to be more important than doing what God wants me to do. And there's all kinds of different things that get in the way of people's choices and how they choose to live. The Scripture says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. God wants us to love Him with everything we've got. Every ounce, every bit of everything. I know someone who quit a job because they were going to ask him to work on Sundays sometimes. And he said, I'm not doing it. They said, you're going to do it if you work here. And he said, here's my two-week notice. I'm out of here. That takes some courage, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that take courage to quit your job or something like that? Very same person a few years later has children that are old enough to play ball and has a child that's a pretty good ball player, and guess what? We got ball games every weekend. We can't come to church. We got ball games all the time. We're, too, we're, we're committed to the team. She's on a team. What are we going to do? Very same people. It's difficult to make that choice and to stick with it over everything else in your life. But that's what being faithful to Jesus means. And they've conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. What that means is they didn't love being alive more than they loved Jesus. They loved their lives, but they did not love them even unto death for God. You see, if it cost their life, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give up. They wouldn't quit. They wouldn't stop. There was no way to stop New Testament Christians from talking about Jesus. There was no way to stop them from living for Him because He was number one in their life. Secondly, be an active, committed part of the church. Not just show up on Sunday, but be an active, committed part. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I know you've heard, I know you've thought, and maybe heard it said many times that being a Christian is not just coming to worship, but it's being an involved part of the, the family. It is. It's being an involved part of God's family and being committed to that in everything that is done. Someone says, Lord, I will follow you anywhere, but I'm busy this weekend. Lord, I'll follow you anywhere, but I've got plans. Lord, I'll follow you anywhere, but I'm not going there. You know, uh, I know Jacob just got back from Nigeria, right? Didn't you just get back? Jacob, your dad tried to talk me into going to Nigeria for years, and I kept saying, nope, nope, I don't want to go. He'd say, well, we're doing good work. I'd say, there's lots of unsafe people in Texas. We get them all saved, and I'll go to Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't want to go to Nigeria. I don't want to go. I didn't want to do it. Eventually, he prevailed on me to go, and I'm thankful that I did make that choice to go. But, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, Father, I'll go anywhere with you. But I really hadn't thought about that. There's got to be no limit on that. Lord, 
I want to read my Bible. I want to read my Bible, but they're going to take my favorite series off of Netflix, so I've got to get it all watched before three weeks from now because it's going to disappear and I won't get to see it. Lord, I want to read my Bible and I'm going to read my Bible, but you know, it's hard to understand and and some of that stuff is, is troubling to me. Lord, I want to read my Bible, but you know, every year, Lord, I have to read the Harry Potter series, and that's a bunch of books, and and I'll get to it when I have time. Lord, I'd love to be at worship, but, you know, I can get some extra overtime this weekend. Lord, I'd love to be at worship, but, you know, I've kind of got a headache. Lord, I'd love, I'd love to be there, but you know that preacher they're having this weekend, whew, <laughs> he's kind of boring. Lord, I love you, Lord. I do, I love you, but you know, let's not be extremist about this. Lord, I love you, but I've got to live. I've got my life. You see, all of that, the I love you, but is not Christianity. It's not being faithful. Jesus says faithfulness is not putting anything else. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know when this was written, right? Back in the New Testament days when it was like Paul who was holding the meeting. Can you imagine people would skip church if Paul was coming to preach? But they did. They did. Unbelievable to me. But that was a lack of that commitment. Finally, godly moral character. That's not optional for a Christian. You have to be of godly moral character. Fornication, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint's. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, or unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. He says, if you don't have high moral character, you don't have any part in the kingdom of God. Now, I know that we live in a time where we're supposed to affirm everyone's choices and how they live. And it is unbelievable to me that we've come to the point in America where people want to live together and not be married and still come to church all the time. And come and sing and pray and worship and expect that to just be okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's unbelievable to me, Carrie and I got to go up to uh, Niagara Falls last year. Beautiful place. And lots of churches up in Canada, we went on up into Toronto. Do you know what all of those churches had out in front of them? Rainbow flags. With signs that say, no hate here. Everyone welcome. Up in Alaska, there's a church just down the road from Jordan and David that says, everyone welcome here and everyone means. And they've got a big old long list of trans and LGBTQ+. plus. On and on and on, a list of every kind of moral perversion you can imagine. You're welcome here. It is unfathomable to me as an old guy that churches would be promoting things that God specifically condemns like this. 
the churches would be okay with and say, well, Jesus was about love. Jesus was all about love. He wasn't about judging anyone. You know what? Jesus is going to be about judging. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And it's not me judging. I'm saying you have to have high moral character. You can't live like the world around you lives. You can't look at pornography every, every night and be serving Christ. You can't be a drunk and serve Christ. You can't be homosexual or living with someone you're not married to and be serving Christ. Those don't go together. If you're going to be faithful to God, you have to have high moral character. You have to be willing to do anything God tells you to do. No matter how unreasonable it may seem to you or me. And that means forgive who He tells you to forgive. That means go where He tells you to go. It means love who He tells you to love. It means pray for people who persecute you. It means don't be morally compromised. Don't chew. It's my life. YOLO. I can live the way I want to live. That's just not the way we live. He said those which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So look, we've talked about these things that God requires of you and I. He requires belief and repentance and baptism and faithfulness. We place nothing ahead of Him. We're active and committed part of His family. And we have high godly moral character. I want to close with this passage right here. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now this is a description of the end of time. A description of this time when Jesus has come back and everyone is standing before this throne. And there are books that are opened. And people are judged according to their works that are written in that book. And he says down here, this is the second death, those who are cast into the lake of fire. It's the second death. And so listen, I want to tell you that there is truth that you shouldn't live your life based out of fear, okay? Which is a part of the idea of YOLO. But it's really, really true that you shouldn't just live your life for you. Because either you're going to live once and die twice, or you're going to live twice and die once. That's what's going to happen. And you and I have the choice between the two. So, will you live once and die twice? Or will you die once and live twice? YOLO isn't true. Don't live your life that way. Live your life committed to Jesus Christ so that your long life, your second life, your next life will be life eternal and not life of, not an eternal death, an eternal separation from God. Now this week we're going to talk about how God can transform us. He can change us and make us different. History is full of stories that were of people who were radically changed by the grace of Jesus Christ. 
I want to encourage you to be back here every night this week. I want to encourage you to bring your friends. Your friends need to know this stuff. They need to know that YOLO isn't true. They need to know that life is not all about the politics of America. Life is about serving Jesus Christ because we will live or die again after this death. And that's what I want to encourage you with. If you're not being faithful to God, you need to turn that around tonight. If you are being faithful to God, praise God for that. Steal your nerves against the coming persecution that we'll, we will inevitably face here. Be ready to do whatever God calls you to do, no matter how pleasant or unpleasant that may be. And if we can assist you spiritually, we do offer a song of invitation if you will come to the front while we stand and sing.